Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. This week we conclude the Fall of Shazrod story, so without further ado, let's get that going. In the time of myth when gods and mortals walked creation together, in the city of Shazrod, ruled by the sorceress despot Dahud, Alcaeus, Abathar, and Mozinia decided to take the fate of the city into their own hands, beginning an assault on the king that could only end in the destruction of one of the participating parties. Would Alcaeus's unimaginable battle prowess prove the savior of the city, or would the upstart hero fall at the hands of the tyrant? All right, here is my initiative. Here's old Dahoud. Alrighty, everybody, give me your numbers. With the stunt, I'm up to ten. Eight. And with the base initiative added in, it looks like twenty-three. And nine for Dahoud. And my jab hand's a little bit sluggish today at one, so four. All right, so you're going to be reflexively activating your form then? Oh, yes. All righty. Does that mean that, as with the last fight, you now have your cast mark glowing? Yeah, why not? There's no point in hiding. Okay. As this combat then is about to start, the fire begins to roar up inside of Abathar's flame piece. Dahud notices the light blossoming on Alcius's forehead. And now it's your turn. What do you do? So I reflexively activate my single point flashing in the deep form with my lead hand making those unpredictable darting movements. And I also activate liquid steel flow, which begins to gather my anima energy into the muscles and joints in my arms in order to expend that energy directly into punching strength. And I will rush in at Dahud. I will spend five motes on excellency for accuracy, and a liquid steel flow, by the way, brings my weapon damage up to 17 base dice. And liquid steel flow also costs five motes, yes? Yep. Are you spending from personal or peripheral on that? It's a split, but I have spent five from peripheral in one go here. Okay, so you move to your second level of anima, bleeding out that bonfire of colors against the red heat of Dahud. Yes, and all these colors are very cold. It looks rad. <laughs> hey, listeners, looks pretty cool. And so here it goes. Nine successes. All right, nine successes. Tabulating the math here, you've overcome his parry of six, which means that you can go ahead and subtract 12 from your 17, so roll five dice for damage. That is two successes. You come in to launch your fist at Dahud, and he is surprisingly agile, twisting out of the way as you come to strike him and your fist glances off, sending a spray of magma through the room near you. But this has forced him to sort of awkwardly twist himself around you and he is not accustomed to having a body that is hundreds of feet long. And so he is colliding with pillars, knocking them over as he seeks to right himself. You gain three points of initiative, bringing you up to 26, and Dahud loses two, bringing him down to seven. 
It is Avatar's turn. Coming off of him yelling that Dahud is a monster and bringing out his flame piece, he has just let that guttural yell continue as he leaps forward toward this massive, now dragon-shaped king, and his skin itself turns the same roiling bright angry red that Dahud has pouring over his uh, form at the moment, and Avatar will let a gout of flame from his piece fly right across the face of this corrupt king. Perfect. So that's a decisive attack? Yes. Alrighty. I'll give you a stunt bonus for that. This is uh, pretty much the emotional climax for you, so I'll go ahead and give you three uh, dot stunt there. So two automatic success is and two bonus dice. Also, you refresh willpower over the legal limit. Sweet. Uh, I'm spending one of those on the attack. So seven total then. Hey, that hits. So roll your ten dice for damage. And I'll use that other willpower I got on the damage. Good. He's a healthy man. So three then. All right. That brings him down to more of his minus zero health boxes. Yes. But the gout of flame pours over him. You can see cracks of red streak across his face, chipping off in these ashen patches. His attention drawn from Alceus back toward you as a snarl curls across his lips. It is now Muzanai's turn. What will they do? Muzanai is going to attack with their quills. So the quills feather upward and go from being like a hedgehog to that of a porcupine's. And blood actually starts to seep from their skin at the roots where the quills are. And they extend their arm and fire them at a very close range. Like they leap into the air and are on top of Daru and fire away these bloody quills because they have poison body fluid and are attempting to poison with this attack. All right. Decisive style or normal style? Normal. They are weak. Okay. I don't remember what the effects of the poison actually are. If it's successful, it's going to cost Doru two initiative around um, and is lethal if Doru gets crashed. So as long as Muzanai's attack hits, their target will be poisoned Mm -hmm. for three rounds with a minus three penalty. That's going to be a one dot stunt, so add two dice. And I'm going to be using a willpower. Nice. Nine successes. All right. Defense right now is four. So subtract 10 from your base damage and roll that. That's going to be a one. He's got a lot of that soak. Ten. That is one success. Two. Two. Two two successes. All right. Two successes. That will bring the hood down to five initiative. And it will bring you... Up to 11 initiative as the spines land into his long, sinuous body. And you can see small but marked trails of green and purple begin to seep around before the quills are seared and turn into ash as the coiling of his long body continues. He is now going to try to resist the poison. So that is five the poison has been negated. So this time, it's not going to do anything, 
but it's a drop of poison in a hundreds foot long well of fire. But that brings us to Dahud's turn. Dahud still coiling, still moving. It's not clear yet if ever his form is going to completely leave the magma. He's still emerging, but he turns his head and torso toward Alcius. You chosen of the sun, you will make fine evidence of the correctness of my path. First, however, I cannot abide your disloyalty, Abathar. You will pay gravely for what you've done. And his body has slowly, sinuously been coiling out until now. At this point, it snaps forward past Abathar. And then suddenly he is back around in front of you and again and again and again, leaving these large coils surrounding your body, which immediately constrict. He is going to make a grapple gambit. How many dice that guy had? It's eight to hit. Cool. I'm going to spend a willsy power on my defense. Uh, Then he's going to meet that with a spend of his own. Ah, that's four. My evasion is four. And yeah, willpowers canceled each other out, so. He has got to roll his initiative to see if he actually gets to grab, grab. Grab, grab. fucked up son (laughs) that's one to establish the gambit which means how does abathar escape this as the coils are ringing around him you can see that his skin darkens to just complete black and he begins to run in between the coils confusing Dahud on where he even is blending into this roiling magma body that he has until eventually he manages to slip out and all that Dahud has managed to crush is his own hopes. Dahud groans in anger and frustration. You waste the gifts I have given you. As he loses two points of initiative because he fucked up. So he's now at five. Which brings us to the fist's turn at the end of the round. Alceus, what are you going to do? Alceus will lash out with his jabbing hand in a falling hammer strike, and I will spend six motes for excellency. Seven successes. Roll three dice for damage. Two successes on damage. Two successes. That brings Dahud down to three initiative and takes your fist up to seven. Additionally, any onslaught penalties will now stick on him. With your second strike, Dahud is emerging from his coiling, and you are not able to close the distance to his most open and vulnerable places. Instead, you strike again against magma scales, pushing him closer to vulnerability, but not yet overcoming his defenses. It's the top of the round, so Alceus regains five motes, and, oh, what's that? You have 26 initiative? You want to go again? Okay. Well, this is a 
second verse, same as the first situation, continuing to move forward into the small space made in the coils by the motion of his first attack, flinging the bulk of this dragon in a curve away from himself. Alceus closes the distance and strikes again. Perfect. I will use Falling Hammer Strike again, and four motes for excellency. No. That is seven successes as Alceus chases down the curling, sinuous body and tries to plant the strike in as close to the same exact place as he possibly can. Go ahead and roll four dice for damage, having improved your threshold by one. I will spend a willpower for an automatic success. That is two successes. His initiative drops to zero, and you crash him, bringing you to 39 points of initiative. As we move down the initiative track to Muzanai, what will they do? Muzanai is going to roll themselves up into a ball and roll around the room to pick up speed in a way that makes it look like they are on invisible like roller coaster tracks to get some good traction. And then they're going to fire off a volley of quills coated in their own blood at the magma dragon and tell it, you think that you're giving people enlightenment, but all you're doing is cursing them. So for that, I'm going to go ahead and give you a two-dot stunt. That was very lovely. You are trying to beat here a defensive four. That is ten successes. What is your base damage? Eleven. That's going to be two damage dice on this one. Three successes. Congratulations. He's at minus three initiative and, and he needs to make a poison resistance correct uh, you are now at 12 initiative that's four successes so another round another not poisoning it's so much body and so little poison relative that content unfortunately next it's the fist's turn using the distraction that muzanai's attack created alcius quickly, discreetly closes the distance, refusing to let off any pressure from his opponent. No gap being allowed to open between them to give him room to maneuver. And without even really thinking about it, snaps another jabbing punch into its bulk. I will spend three motes on excellency on this. And I will use Falling Hammer Strike to continue to pour this pressure onto him. That's 12 successes. Go ahead and roll 11 dice for damage. Five successes. You land at that same point, striking, and you see magma finally beginning to give way to something else underneath, something perhaps more pliable. Essence, maybe? The thing that is binding him together? But as quickly as you strike, it recongeals, holding its form. He's at negative eight initiative. And your fist is now at 16. That brings us to Abathar's turn. What are you going to do? Abathar, having run circles around this dragon, sees the opening that Alceus's fist has left. And not wanting such an opening to fully close, he brings out his fire wand and runs directly at it. And he begins to yell and point, there, hit there. Add two dice for that stunt. Six successes. That's four rollovers. Roll four dice for damage. That's one. You spray another gout of flame 
which manages to keep this spot from fully closing, keeping pressure spreading it open, further exposing this glowing yellow-orange tendril of essence that seems to be weaving its way through the large serpentine body of Dahud. Negative nine initiative for Dahud, and you come up to five, which leaves us at Dahud's turn. The exposure of this vein has upset him. He has not yet let go of having his sights set on Abathar and realizing he will not be able to try to grapple Abathar again, that that was folly the first time. He gives himself instead to a precise strike as he sails past you, drawing from the side of the dragon with his arms and his torso a spear of magma and rakes it across your body as he passes at blurringly fast speeds. I am going to use a willpower to bump that uh, defense again. Cool. So this is 13 dice coming at you. That's six successes. And my defense is five. One rollover and 12 damage base. My soak is six. Seven damage. Dice coming at you. That's three points of damage coming at you. He swings with this spear, but you are able to duck out of the way as hot slag drops down onto the floor below you, sizzling. If you get hit with that, it is going to be likely quite devastating. He's at negative five initiative, and you are at two, which brings us to the top of the round. Alcius takes a moment to center himself before unleashing the full extent of the power that he has developed in months and months of solitary training after being blessed by the sun. And he says to Dahud, I likened you to the beast that scarred me. You will see him at the end. And the thin, wispy anima around Alcius begins to blossom out and burn much more visibly and violently, coalescing into the form of a vast floating silver megalodon with a brutal scar on its snout. Alcius flashes forward, preparing to strike, and as he does so, the anima megalodon begins to swim through the air and unhinge its jaw in that enormous yawn that a shark uses as it closes in to bite down on its prey. In addition to this, I'm using Thunderbolt Attack Prana, which causes Alcius again to flash past visibility and resolve at the point of impact. Shining Starfall Execution to convert potential damage into assured damage. Fatal Stroke Flash, and additionally benefiting from the scene-long Liquid Steel Flow. And this is not traditionally the way things are done. You're supposed to only give one of these per session, but I'm going to go ahead and grant you a three-dot stunt. That is ten successes. All right. Your strike lands true. Because of Shining Starfall Execution, you go from 39 in your damage pool to going to 44 in your damage pool. Which, because of Fatal Stroke Flash, is increased to 88 dice. You lose three of those, which are converted into automatic successes. So you will roll 85 dice with double tens and four doubled nines. Audience, 
You've listened to combats before. Never before has anything even remotely approaching this magnitude been performed on this show. All right, that's the first half of your dice. Go ahead and roll the second half. That's 47 successes. And because you used Thunderbolt Attack Prana, that 47, again, literally a number larger than any damage roll we've seen before on this show, is doubled, bringing you to 94 levels of damage. That is enough to kill the average mortal almost 14 times. The hood is inarguably slain. What does that look like? For the briefest moment, so minute as to hardly be measurable, Alcius's speed goes beyond the limits of space. He vanishes already quite close to Dahud, and the Megalodon also flashes, reorienting itself in the air, such that as it dives and its vast jaws snap shut around Dahud's neck, Alcius appears at the terminus of his attack motion, with his fist making contact with Dahud's throat at the direct point of impact between the two vast rows of teeth and at that moment every shred of anima bursts from the enormous shark collecting in alcius's fist and spraying forward in a cone of pure force behind the target the force of your anima rends the magma apart the hood's head is blown clear from his body and roiling waves of magma spread in every direction, all of the columns supporting this building. Not just this room, but this building, as the coils of the dragon still emerging from the lava begin to spasmodically spray these gouts of magma into the palace. It is sure to be rent completely. You will need to leave as fast as possible. The hood's body falls to the ground, and it is just his torso. And you can see from the bottom of his torso, a single vertebrae of his spine pops out. And from the end of that vertebrae, there is this singular ribbon of gold-orange essence that follows the entire length of what was his body, that core of magma, all the way to the center of this magma pool. And it begins to turn light and particulate as it begins to fade away. The hood's head is sailing now toward the center of this lake. And as his head submerges, the final coils of his essence are evaporated. Only his broken torso remains. The building is going to start collapsing. You can already see pillars rolling and preparing to tumble. What do you do? Moose and I extends their arm towards the torso and fires off a few quills. They know that it won't do anything, but they're kind of hoping it will make them feel better. We need to go. Yeah, Abathar runs to where his sibling is and just grabs him by the arm and begins to book it as fast as possible. 
Alcius seeing these two, who he now has begun to truly consider his friends, attempting to escape the crumbling palace, shouts, Take hold of my hands! And runs in a clear, restrained version of his normal acceleration to reach them so that they can grab onto him before he reaches his full speed. And once they have taken hold of him, Alceus will activate racing hair method, godspeed steps, and one extra step to move eight range bands in a single turn. You can, with this movement, if you like, clear not only the crumbling palace, but the city itself. You could launch yourself outside, back to the safety of nature, should you choose to do so. How far are you going to go? I think the minimum safe distance, because I want Muzanai and Abathur to be seen by as many people as possible as this tyrant and his regime falls, because Alcius is going to need to continue on his way, finding some way to hide himself from this spider woman who was able to somehow find him. But he wants this place to no longer be an abattoir of sorrow. And he knows from what he has seen that his new friends have what it takes in terms of empathy. And having been on the receiving end of so many abuses of power and yet not being embittered by it, he trusts them to make this place what it always should have been. You land at the bottom of the grand steps that seem to stretch eternally from the low portion of the city at the end of the promenade up to the palace. Alcius is able to easily process the speed at which this happens. Abathar and Muzanai, however, find that you are sitting in one moment in the palace. A pillar is coming for you. It falls. You grab Alcius's hand, and your stomach has to be halfway to Diamond Hearth as you land, blinkingly fast at the bottom of these steps it's not clear how he got there did he bend space were you thrust bodily it likely leaves you both feeling actually queasy but you're alive the hood is dead there is majocracy left yes but it was his ambitions that fueled the cruelest of the workings performed on the people of the city of shizrad as you begin to collect yourselves what do you do so the very first thing that Muz and I does, aside from turn their quills from porcupine to hedgehog, is actually like reach out and attempt to grab one of the three Aberworths that they see because their brother is the most important thing in the world to them and they just want to make sure he's okay. Yeah, Avatar feeling the, uh, the hand on his shoulder steadies and opens his eyelids and then opens his nictating membrane and then looks around and is almost dumbstruck at what's happening with the crumbling castle and then looks toward his sibling and says, I think, I think we should get some people together. I think we should start to change things. I think we can help people. And Muzanai looks to Alcius. Thank you. This place was too horrible to be left as it was. There's nothing to thank. However, I do have two favors to ask of you, my friends. The first is, I need some direction, some hope of how I might 
hide myself better than I did last time. I cannot continue to have innocent people pulled into this thing that I've become involved with. And the second thing, second favor, is that I want both of you to deny that I was ever here. That crumbling palace, the fall of that tyrant, it needs to have been you and you two alone. That will give those languishing under the remains of this tyrannical reign the hope that they need that can be turned to strength. This was your victory and not mine. I want nothing more than to disappear. Rizanai looks hesitantly to Abathar uh, with a very speaking glance that reads that they do know of a person, but is it safe to send their friend and the person who just saved them and countless others like them to that being? Abathar raises an eyebrow and nods, turns toward Alceus. If you were any other man, I would not recommend this, but there is someone I have heard of that might be able to help you. He is more of a monster than anything from what we've heard and then I look to Abathar again, and then to Alceus. He lives in the town of Jaway, which is over the Tapu River in a bowl made of two trees. And his name, and Muzanai again looks hesitantly, but with a nod continues, his name is Seven Symphonious Chords. Seven Symphonious Chords, Jaway over the Tapu River. I will remember this. And as for my other request? Oh, yeah, sure, totally. Yeah, no, I want to rule this city. That would be great. Are you kidding? But there's a lot to ruling a city we don't know about. That's true. I mean, couldn't be worse. You know, I had heard tales of the Chosen of the Sun. You're in some ways very similar and yet so very different from what I would expect. I, I have no knowledge of these things myself. I've merely experienced it. Moose and I pats down their own body for a moment and takes in their form and size. I suppose that if we were to rule the city, we could help people like me who got stuck in mismatched bodies. We can do for you and for everyone here the right thing. Okay. And though no one will know because it will make it harder for you to hide, we will know. There's always going to be a place for you here. And should there come a time where you do not have to hide anymore, please at least send a letter. Alcius is taken aback by this affection, which is something that he has not been offered in a very long time. And he gathers the two siblings into an embrace and says to them, Toppling a kingdom is a deed that may be sung of, but it is not nearly as difficult as rebuilding one. And I am sad to say that rebuilding a kingdom is nothing next to standing firm and assuring that the kingdom you build does not grow sick. But I have faith in the two of you. And should my exile ever end, I will be sure to come here if not before going home, when I have good news to bring from that place that I hope to return to. Then we'll make sure this is a place worthy of you coming back to. Alcius stands back, 
looks to the horizon and begins to walk. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or ask Quinn any questions, feel free to contact us at our email at swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. We can also be found on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod. If you'd like to help the show out, feel free to leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes or check our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday.